everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. I tell you all that God is doing something beautiful here at New Birth. Uh, the, the first week, we are in week five, but the first week, uh, the, 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 the theme or the idea that we spoke on was uh, playing to win. In sports, if you're very competitive like I am and my family are, uh, we play, some people play just to play. We don't play, I don't play to play. I play to win. Um, I'm very competitive, um, and if I feel like I'm losing, um, yeah, and let you my secret. We, I play, we play to win. I want to let you know that um, God recruited us to be part of his team. And he didn't recruit us for us to lose. God recruited us after he guaranteed a win for us. It was after he died on the cross, rose from the dead, had power of death in his hands, that he establishes the church in Acts chapter 2, and the church began with a concept of winning. Of God's body, and when we are together as a church, we come together to win. That's why when we come to church, we come to celebrate. That's why part of what you saw today in our worship and in our praise and in our adoration is a worship of winning. We celebrate because we know that we are part of a winning team. Somebody say amen. amen. Second week, we talked about the importance of having tunnel vision, which tells us we cannot be distracted by what the crowds say around us, but our eyes have got to be focused on Jesus. We cannot be distracted by the giants that come our way, but if we're going to win as a team, we got to have tunnel vision. Tunnel vision says this, it doesn't matter what's going on in my environment, my eyes are fixed on the prize. It doesn't matter who's booing me on this side and who is chanting whatever they are on that side, I am focused, I am determined, and my eyes are set on one objective, and that is to win. So we talked about television. Week after that, we talked about working as a team. It takes a team to win. A few years ago, his other house, uh, my, my, well, I went to Mariano's community because he don't have a house. <laughs> he lives in a Anyway, I, I went to his community, I went to his house, and we was talking, and he was telling me, Gabby, there was a season in the Yankees, where we had all the superstars, A-Rod, all the superstars, and we were not able to win one World Series because everybody in the team was thinking about themselves. Everybody was after getting the most money, getting the most contracts, getting the most home runs, breaking their own personal records. And he says, Gabby, we were surrounded by superstars, and we couldn't win a championship. Because in life, and in this thing called life, and in this thing called church, this is not about a person. This is not about an image. This is about a team. It's about working together for a common goal. That's why, you know how many marriages have problems in marriage? Because they come. Husband, you'd be surprised how happy your family and your home would be if you were not the central focal point of your family. 
wife, you'd be surprised how you have a happy marriage if you wouldn't focus that marriage is all about you. But when we become the stars and we become the central focal point, the team can't win because you are all about you. But we talked about the importance of working in a team. Last Sunday, we talked about the closer. Not, one thing is to play the game. Listen, you could be playing a baseball game, and that's what happened to us yesterday. We were ahead the entire game. We were ahead. It was 4-0 first inning. Then it was it tied up. Then we were up, and we were up. And it wasn't until the last inning that we lost. We were up the entire game. It was a tie. We were up. It was a tie. We were up, and we lost. Because it doesn't matter how you start. If you don't know how to close this game, It's how you close it. That's why when I look at Jesus, Jesus started out not the greatest. He was born in a manger, surrounded by animals. His beginning was not the greatest. But how did he finish? He is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hands. So it's not how you start, church. It's how you finish. So you got to know how to close the game in order to win. And today I want to talk about I want to talk about the emblematic uniform. In case you have any doubts, any doubts, I want you to know. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Yankee fan. Born in the Bronx. Yankees are from the Bronx. My friend Mariano, Yankee fan. I love the Yankees. Love the Yankees. Um, we have Boston fans here, so, you know, y'all going to heaven too. Um, uh, we have some, uh, you know, Cardinals and some others in Tampa's and everybody else, you know. But, but, but me, let, let, let me, let me give you my, 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 let me share my passion when it comes to the Yankees. And one thing I like about the Yankees is their uniform. Uniform. I love their uniform. Um, it's crazy that the Yankee uniform is, um, is an emblematic pinstripe uniform that you know from a distance, from a distance. You don't have to, you don't even have to have 20-20. Whenever you see a jersey white with pinstripes, you already know it's a Yankee jersey. It's easy to detect. It's one of the most revered uniforms in the Major League Baseball. One of the most revered. One, because of his legacy and his history and the championships, and, and I won't get into that. The Yankees value their uniform, the integrity of their uniform so much that most Major League Baseball teams, Major League Baseball, they wash and dry their own uniforms, not the Yankees. The Yankees, on the other hand, the Rayleigh Athletic Company is the one responsible for washing their, uni their uniforms all the way going back to Babe Ruth days. They don't, they don't hire nobody from the Yankees club to wash their uniform. They take it to a specific company because to them, the integrity of the uniform matters. To them, they want to make sure, first of all, 
I, I could give you many reasons why they would do that because I, imagine, imagine a Yankee fan who got the job to, and now here he is cleaning Babe Ruth's uniform and he's a hardcore Babe Ruth fan and he wants to keep that uniform so he'll steal it, talk about, oh, I can't find it, I lost it. And, and others will take it and sell it in the black market. And so what they said was, they said, no, we're going to take every single uniform of every baseball player in the New York Yankees, and we're going to send it to a specific company because we want to guarantee that the next day they put that uniform on, there's no blemish, there's no smarts, there's no scars, the numbers ain't peeling off. We want to make sure it's impeccable, it's clean, it is appealing to the eye because it matters to us, New York Yankees, that the image of the team is intact. Crazy. Yet the uniform is simple but appealing. There's a crossed New York in front of the jersey, and the number of the player is on the back. This jersey says the name of the player, but when you look at the baseball players in the New York Yankees playing, they don't have their name in the back of the jersey. Because the concept of team in the Yankees is there's no superstars in this team. Nobody's going to get acknowledged except the team. Blue pinstripes that have inspired so many dreams run up and down the uniform without a name on the back, among other his emphasize the team over an individual. The uniform is important because of its, its, its significance and importance. Now give me, let me give you a definition of what uniform means. Uniform is the distinctive clothing worn by numbers of individuals in the same organization. Let me tell you about the uniform of the church. Because we all have a uniform. We all are designed by God and we are all supposed to look the same. When the world sees you and when the world sees me, they should see the same thing. Because we all have worn the uniform of heaven. The uniform represents both the distincting, distinctive and unchanging character of the team. And I want to submit to you today, church, that we have been recruited by God to join the greatest team ever so that when the world looks at us, they see the God who calls him. Listen to me. So just like the Yankees take their uniform to get clean. Look what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 8. It says, always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. This uniform that God is giving us, that God has gave us, he says, just like the Yankees have got to go clean before they go on the pitcher's mound. There's, there's some requirements he has for us to always be clothed in white. Always be clothed with purity and with holiness. And then he says, not only be clothed with purity, he says, be anointed 
We're living in a generation where people don't know what holiness is. I come from the school, and I thank God for my upbringing. But I come from the school where holiness was determined by how long you how fat your knot in the tie was, how many suits you had in your closet. False image or idea of what holiness is. But as I started reading the Bible and studying Scripture, I realized that none of that, none of that determines holiness. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. It says, seek out peace with men, look at this, and holiness, for without these, no one can see the Lord. He says, if you want to see God, if you want to see your maker, if you want to see the owner of your seam, here are two things you need to have. Number one, peace with God and your brethren and holiness. Holiness requires peace with men. Let me rewind that. You cannot say you're a whole person and you hate your brother and you can't stand your neighbor and you can't stand your husband and you can't stand your auntie. Don't tell me you're holy and you're holy and you're holy because the Bible says you will not see God unless you're in peace with your neighbor and you're living a holy life because holiness will always push you to be right with everybody else. Holiness would push you to be in peace with everybody else. But don't tell me you're holy and everybody and their mama can't stand you. He says, make sure that your garments are white, pure, and anointed. If there's anything we need in our lives, is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And so Solomon is saying, the wisest man is saying, there are two things you need to have on this uniform. It's got to be clean. We got to be holy, y'all. We got to go back to being holy. Now, now, listen, holiness, let me, let me explain this about holiness. Holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. That's religion. Right? We thought being holy was not doing this, not doing that, not the other. That's not, that's not holiness. Those are rules. I don't do those things because I'm holy. It's not that I don't do that to be holy. No, that's not it. Some people do some people don't do things because they want to be holy. No. You don't be holy by not doing things. Because you're a holy, you don't do things. Because you're holy, you're not going to drink alcohol. Because you're holy, you're not going to bump and grind. Because you're holy, you're not going to take weed. Because you're holy, you're not going to go on porn book because I want to be holy. I'm not putting the bottle away because I want to be holy. Because I'm holy, I won't do that. So we got to go back to understanding loving God is so important because as I love God, then I tell myself my love towards God is greater than the desires of my flesh. 
And because at the end of the day, I'm part of the winning team. If I'm going to win in this thing called life, I got to win by the criterias of the God I serve and love. Well, he says, if you want to put on this uniform, you got to make sure it's clean. If you want to put on this uniform, you got to make sure to be anointed. If you want to put on this uniform, you got to sure to be holy. Well, let me talk about some of the things I like about this uniform. Number one, this uniform has several distinctives. Number one, the uniform of the Yankees is simple. Simple. Some uniforms, they have birds and eagles and, and, and I don't know, horses and cows. And, but, but this one is simple. Simple. I like it. And you know why I like it? Because I believe that our Christian life should be a simple one. Simple. Christianity. That's why, you know why many people don't want to go to church and serve God? Because in their mind they're thinking, ah, nah, it's, it's too complicated, it's too much stuff. No, Papa, no. Christianity is the most simplest thing. It's inviting Jesus in your heart and making him the companion of a lifetime so that he can fulfill his purpose in your life. Now, what makes it difficult is not that you serve Jesus. What makes it difficult is that the enemy does not want you to be part of the winning team. So he will attack you because you're part of a winning team. But don't get it twisted because he's attacking you doesn't mean you're going to lose because when God called you, he called you to something that's going to win. So while he's attacking you, keep on walking on the mound of life. God says we're going from glory to glory, from victory to victory, and there is no weapon formed against us that should be able to prosper as long as Jesus is on our side. Christianity is simple. It shouldn't be complicated. It shouldn't be complicated. But the world sees Christianity as a complexity because we don't live a life up to the call of God in our lives. It's simple. So church, let's encourage people to develop a simple faith that is authentic. Because Christianity is simple. And it's easy. Matter of fact, Jesus said, He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, follow me. If you follow me, my yoke. Okay, okay. Y'all know what a yoke is? A yoke is what? They have two oxen and they put a piece of wood around one and then another one around the other. And they both plowing the earth and they were running and, they, and the guy is, has a yoke on them. He says, my yoke, the world has a yoke. And the yoke of the world is to kill you, destroy you, distort you, annihilate you, obliterate you. But he says, I got a yoke. I got a yoke. But my yoke is easy. Because I'm not in the business of putting you down and killing you and destroying My yoke is in the business of taking you towards a winning place. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So why are you being yoked by the things of the world? Why are you still staying stuck in the things of the enemy? You know he's out to kill you. You know he's out to destroy you. You know he's out to see your family be destroyed. And you're still letting yourself be yoked by the enemy. No, no, no. Today, switch sides. Take off the devil's jersey. Put on Jesus' jersey. And let his yoke guide you. And his burden, which is light, strengthen your walk. So we are called to encourage others. Come on, his yoke is easy. Come on, his burden is light. Come on, we're going to win. At the end of it all, when you read Revelation chapter 21, we win. We win. So that's what I like about this uniform. It's simple. 
a lot of colors now, flash, simple. Number two, it has a crossed form of the letters N and Y in front of Jersey next to the heart. It has two letters crossed together. The N is not bigger than the Y. The Y is not bigger than the N. The N is not more famous than the Y. The Y is not upset because the N is first. You don't know which one is first. They're both working together. They're both letting everybody know this is who we are. They're both letting everybody know ain't nobody bigger than us. We're not competing against another. We're not trying to be the superstar. We're one, one word, two letters. We're one message, two people. We're one, and, 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 this, and this is the glory. This is the glory of you joining the body of Christ. This is the glory of the church. But to be like this, united like this, you have to have the heart of God. You have to have the heart of God. Our greatest symbol in Christianity is not the N and the Y. Our greatest symbol in Christianity is the cross. Representing that we must have a vertical relationship with God and a horizontal relationship with our brother. And this is why, let me tell you, when you understand the power of being a Christian, when you understand the power of living out the emblematic image of faith, you're going to realize the importance of loving God and loving people. You can't say you love God and hate your neighbor. You cannot say because the logo of the Yankees is the NY. The logo of Christianity and our uniform is a cross, which is my relationship with God will have an impact in my relationship with people. Before Jesus came to the picture, there were 10 commandments. Jesus said, listen, you want to solve the law? Here's how you can solve the Ten Commandments. You solve the Ten Commandments if you apply these two. Number one, love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all your strength. Here's number two. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you love God and your neighbor, there's no need to say don't kill. Because you won't kill somebody if you love them. If you love God and you love your neighbor, there's no need to commit adultery because you never commit adultery with someone you love. If you love God and you love your neighbor, all of the other commandments are bound in this one. And I'm going to tell you today, if you want to see fever, let's make it our business to love God and love God and love God. But now let's grab our haters and let's grab those that hate us and let's grab those we hate and love on them and overcome evil with good. Love God. I love my neighbor. So the cross represents that to me. So whenever I see the cross, whenever I see the cross, I'm like, Lord, allow me to stay stronger in relationship with you, but never let me disregard the importance of my love, the love of my neighbor. That's what the cross should matter. Whenever you see a cross, that's what it should mean to you. My love of God and my love towards people. And my love towards people has got to be in the same proportion than my love with God. Because if it's not, there's a disconnect somewhere. If it's not, God is not pleased. He said, how do you say you love God? Apostle John says, how do you say you love God who you've never seen, yet you can't stand your brother who you see every day? If you can't love your brother, then you don't love God. And this is why when I look at this uniform, 
And I said, God, let us always, as we look at the cross in our hearts, that we may always have love towards you and love towards our neighbor. The other thing I like about the jersey, like I said earlier, every Yankee player, none of their names was in the back of the jersey. This is not about who's great. This is about we're a team. And when you score, I score. When you win, I win. When you get a grand slam, we got a grand slam. It represents what we do. All we do is not for the glory of me. All we do is for the glory of the team. All we do is for the glory of God. Listen, church, everything you do in this church and everything and every way you serve in the kingdom, you're not doing it for your name and for my name and for the name of anybody else. We do it for the glory of God. We should not seek to make ourselves more famous, but rather make Jesus famous. Make him known and make him exalted. And in everything we do, we got to be sure to give God the glory. You know, God is, God is, what God is doing in New York is out of this world. Three years, nine months, four campuses. Crazy. Don't you dare be posting on your social media with a spirit of arrogance what God is doing in this church. Uh-uh. Give God the glory. Oh, yeah, our church is better than your church. And our church, God moves in. I don't know what happened in your church, but in my church, our church is better. Our worship is, uh, uh, uh. no, 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 time out, time out, time out. Whenever you boast, boast to the glory of God. What, 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 what? Listen, listen, because you can fall in the trap. My Bible says that God doesn't share his glory with nobody. Nobody. So whatever we do in this church, whatever we do in this team, he always gets the glory. You're not the Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees are still the Yankees after A-Rod left, after Posada left, after Strawberry left, after Mariano left. The Yankees is still the Yankees. We come and we go, but the team will continue. The church of Christ is bigger. Get over yourself. The church of Jesus is bigger than you. Well, if I don't play, the church is going to mess up. If I'm not there, no, no, Papa. You leave, the church will continue. Because who guarantees the victory is not a player, is not an MVP, is Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So I want to tell you, don't think it's about yourself and miss out a season in your life, but humble yourself, join the team, get back in the bleachers, and wait your turn so that when God gives you an opportunity again, give God the glory in the process. Another thing I like about the uniform is that it's the stripes. Stripes. Our uniform, our church uniform, all it has is stripes. Isaiah 53 says, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised by our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Our uniform, the value of our uniform is based on the stripes of Jesus. If it had not been for the stripes of Jesus, this thing we call church would have been in vain. 
if it had not been because the stripes of Jesus on his back and the whips and the beating and the cruciating death, we would be another social group gathering on a Sunday with nothing else to do. But what guarantees our victory in the mount of life is every time Jesus got a whip and a stripe on his back and he hung there like a man. And when he could have gotten off the cross, he stood there and he, 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 he withheld the agony of Calvary because he knew if I get off this mound, if I get off the pitcher's mound, the next generation will not have a victory. So I'm going to be willing, I'm willing to be talked about. I'm willing to be ridiculed. I'm really willing to be unrecognizable. I'm willing to be whipped 40 minus one time. I'm willing to be nailed in my hands and feet, put a spear on my side, a crown on my head. But on the third day, every one of these stripes is going to guarantee a victory in the church how to build the greatest team on this office. Like preaching, I'm here to tell you, church, we got up for the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, church. That's why when we look at the success of the church, we're always obligated to give God glory. Because if it hadn't been because of him, we would have been one of the most saddest teams ever in the history of mankind. But we got to be mindful to give God all of the glory. Whenever God uses you, give God glory. Whenever God takes you someplace, give God glory. Acts chapter 3 tells us a story. Jesus died on the cross, rose on the, from the dead, was with his disciples for 40 days. And then he said, guys, I got to go. He goes 40 days later. He says, wait in Jerusalem. Go to the upper room. And 10 days later, the power of the Holy Spirit fell. All the 12 players in Jesus' team with the 120 in the upper room, they got, they got their pinstripes, they got their jerseys, they got their uniform in the upper room. And when they came out of the upper room, the Bible says that they started preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter started preaching and thousands were getting saved. I'm talking about a revival happened because they were at the place where Jesus empowered them to be the team. Now listen, listen. After three, Peter and John are going to the temple at the ninth hour to pray. They're going to go pray. And while they on their way, well, on their way to pray, there's a guy who is crippled at the gate called Beautiful. And he's looking at Peter and John as if to say, I seen the God use that with power, the upper room, the Holy Spirit, I got all this power. Can, can, can you give me something? And Peter tells him, Look at us, look at us. He says, Silver and gold I don't got, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And the Bible says that Peter took him by the hand. And he raised them up, and, they, and he started walking into the temple. And the Bible says they were, he walked in, jumping, praising, and, 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 and walking and, and giving glory. Now, look at what happened. When they walked in the church, when they walked in the church, the Bible says that when Peter took him by the, man, by the hand, he was instantly healed, and he began to enter into the temple courts, praising God. And when the people saw the guy, pray, the guy praising God and healed, the people wanted to give credit to Peter and John. They wanted to, listen, listen, you got to be careful that you don't let fame get in your head, Papa. And look at what happens. Acts chapter 3, verse 12 and on. It says, look what happens. He walked in the temple and the people wanted to give the praise. And Peter says, men of Israel. Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified us. 
you handed over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and the righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. In other words, Paul Peter is saying, no, 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 don't give me the glory. Don't you? No, no, no. The guy you're supposed to give glory is the one you kill. The guy you're supposed to give glory is the one you rejected. And I'm going to tell you, whenever God puts you in a platform of greatness, be sure to always give God the glory. Always. Because God don't share his glory with nobody. So the stripes on the Yankees uniform reminds me of the stripes of Jesus' body. It reminds me that if it had not been for the stripes on Jesus' back, I would not be who I am today. It reminds me that if it would not because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, I would still have been stuck in my sin and in my debauchery. That's why the stripes on Jesus' body are the emblematic sign and symbol to the whole world of redemption. That's why when we when we out there in our workplace and when we're out there in school and wherever we got, we got to let the people know what the pinstripes of our team represents. We got to let the world know what Jesus did for them know, that there is room in the team for them as well. Next week I'm going to talk a little bit about image. I don't know if you notice, the New York Yankees, they have another distinctive. You cannot be part of the Yankees and grow beard or mustache. You can't. It's part of the contract. You got to be no hair, no facial hair. When they travel, they can't, you know, you know, NBA players, they travel, they travel with Jordans and, and you know, and, and the little swag and the skinny jeans. When Yankees travel, they got to travel in suits, blazers, jackets. You can't travel with sneakers and, 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 and chancletas and a hoodie. Uh-uh. When, when Yankee players travel to play from one place to another, they got to be with a jacket on, a blazer. They got to go representing their team. They can't have facial hair. They have to be distinct. Being part of God's team. Listen to me. You're not supposed to look like the world. You're not supposed to look like the world. Doesn't mean you're better. Doesn't mean you're better. It means you're different. You can't be like, oh, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. No, 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 no. Got to be different. Got to be different. You can't come to church. Open your, your botiquin. How do you say that? Your cabinet. You have, you're, you're, okay, what am I going to do today? Bacardi, um... Uh, which one I want to do? No! You're different. People are supposed to see a difference in you. People are supposed to get something is happening on the inside. And yes, Christianity is not about the outside, but the world's got to see a difference. You've been in the team long enough to know you shouldn't be having facial hair. You should be in the team long enough to know you can't be traveling with sneakers and kicks and chancletas and shorts. You should be in the team long enough. No! This is, this, this is saying, I want to live this way because I value team. I'm living a life 
Not of rules, but a relationship. And because I love the team so much, I don't mind shaving every other day. Because I love the team so much, I don't mind. Listen, do you know, Mariano told me, Gabby, 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 I've been, I, I play, I've been playing with the Yankees over 19, 20 years. And he told me, Gabby, all those years I was in the Yankees, I wasn't allowed to play bowling. I couldn't bowl. It was in my contract. I couldn't touch the bowling ball because I couldn't jeopardize the gift in my hand. And while I would see others play bowling ball and others play other sports and others ride motorcycles, I couldn't do those things because I had to protect the gift. Listen, there, there's a gift that God will give you this morning. And there's a gift that some of us have today. And you can't go bowling and do the, not bowling literally, you can't do the things you know that's going to jeopardize the gift that God has given you. So you got to keep it, protect it, care for it. Because you've been called to something greater. So as I close, Christianity should be like this. It should be simple and appealing. The moment we make the gospel simple and more attractive, it will become the answer for the hurting and the broken. Let me ask you, who doesn't like good news? Everybody likes good news. Why is it that this good news, a lot of people don't want to hear it? I think it's because the players in the team don't represent the good news well. But let's represent it well. Let's represent it well. Everybody likes good news. Everybody likes good stuff. So if people don't like the good news of Jesus, it may be us. It's not him. It's us. We got to make this thing attractive again. Everyone likes good news. So why is it that people have a problem accepting good news? Because they, we've made it difficult and unattractive. The stripes on Jesus' uniform represents what he wants to do in us. The stripes on this jersey represents the holiness we attain because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. The only name on this jersey is the New York Yankees. The only name that we exalt at Newburgh is Jesus Christ and Him alone. As a church, the only name we will lift up is His name. And as a result, we all get to play a small part of something So to you, friend, I told you I was going to count to three. I'm going to count right now. To you, friend, that are here, there's room in the team for you. You might say, Pastor, Pastor I don't know how to do this. Pastor, it's okay. But God is not picking you based on your abilities. He's picking you based on his capacity of equipping you and becoming part of the team. None of us here qualify. The Bible says, for we were all shaping in sin and formed in iniquity. So if, if it were God picking me because I was a nice guy, I didn't qualify. God picked me because he was confident in his power over my weaknesses. And so I'm going to count to three. And I would like for every eye to be closed and every head to be bowed. I want to pray. I want to pray. For every friend that is here today, God brought you here today.
to make you part of the team. God brought you here this afternoon so you could join the winning team. But here's what you need to do. You need to do what I did almost 30 years ago. God recruited me and I said, yes, I am willing. Today God is calling me to join his team. And so at the count of three, if you want Jesus, you want salvation. You, you want his emblem. You want to be part of something bigger than yourself. I don't want you to be the third person to raise your hand or the second. I want you to be the very first person at the count of three and say, Pastor, I am willing to join the team. And we're going to celebrate you. And we're going to receive you. And we're not going to be envious. And we're not going to be jealous. We're going to be glad that you're joining the family of the body of Christ. So every eye close, every head bow, if you want Jesus, at the count of three, raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your hands. I want to pray. I see one hand to the glory of God. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.